This episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego is brought to you by the Snarly Yao, located at the Needful Things Emporium in Charlestown, West Virginia. Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us the final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. The borders of space and time have opened once again and transmitting from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. <laughs> Live to take from the mountains of West Virginia, it's another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of Let's Find Out. I ran into our guest once again last year at Snarly Yow's Christmas with Krampus event in Charlestown, West Virginia. He's an author, illustrator, and of course, master realm hopper. Hot Off the Press is his newly released second book in the Winslow Hofner series, Winslow Hofner's High Sailing Adventures. Please welcome back our good friend, author, Michael Thompson. Michael, my friend, welcome back to Let's Find Out. I'm, I'm very happy to have you back on. I'm thrilled to come back on. Thank you so much. You give the best intros, by the way. Absolutely oh, good. killer. Tell your friends about it. No, that's great. I, you know, yeah. I mean, every word. Here's why. Because every time I see you at an event, it, it always, I can't, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to go to your table because I always feel pretty, you have a lot of good energy. I feel good uh. coming out of it. Mentioning that, there's always seems to be a pretty good line in your table. A very popular place to be at these events, ladies and gentlemen. You got that energy that, you know, it's pretty impressive, especially with your setup and your background and the art. You seem to have struck gold, my friend. So before we get into the second book, let's talk about from last year when we first met in Weyer's Cave mm -hmm. to then Christmas Krampus to now we're in January of 2024. How has that first book done? Because I, I, I can only think, but mostly I'm pretty amazing. It's been uh, it's been it's had an excellent reception, especially from this uh, cryptid community and all these brand new cryptid shows that have been popping up. It's been really fun. And, you know, the original book came out in 2018 and then it kind of had a renaissance of popularity with all these brand new cryptid shows. There's some that have been around uh, for a few years and there's quite a lot that are popping up and this is their first year ever. And uh, and so that's been really, really cool. And yeah. The Snarly Owls Christmas the Krampus was really fun, fantastic event. Um, I was I was really really impressed with that turnout and uh, the great energy of everyone there. And yeah, I I, I love I love talking to all these um, all these people who share the same passions that I do for uh, the unexplained, the unknown, cryptids. It's awesome. No, I mean there's something about cryptids, man. It just uh, it brings out the great people. You have great conversations at the table. Oh, yeah. And, you know, touching on the first book, because we're going to definitely talk about the new one. Your first book. For the listeners of the show that haven't picked up a copy yet, which I don't see why they wouldn't, <laughs> give us a little background on that first book real quick, and then 
which is also also available on audiobook on Spotify, but we'll get into that. So, my friend, hit us with it. Sure. It's a folkloric fantasy adventure. Uh, it's kind of like your classic fisherman's tales or sea epics, both real monsters, all based on real-world mythology and cryptozoology, as told by one fisherman who happens to have seen all of them. And I do all the artwork in it. I'm 100% independent. Um, it's kind of a cool, it's a contemporary fantasy, and uh, you kind of get the sense that you're sitting right there listening to uh, this old man tell you his incredible tales. Uh, we also follow a couple of journalists who discover that their small harbor town in Nova Scotia may not be what it seems. And with that, you're also talking about the audiobook version of it and voiced by you, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. I get to, I'm doing all the voices. Uh, you get to hear all of the different voices of the characters. Winslow is, of course, a very dialogue driven story. It's very conversational. A lot of the story reveals itself within the dialogue, um, within the interviews that our journalist main character conducts with. Uh, our fisherman titular character Winslow and within these little um, barroom tales that uh, Winslow is sharing uh, with the different different uh, people who live in the harbor town and I do all the voices of all the different characters so it just dropped on Spotify Spotify has just gotten into the audiobook game and it's very exciting so if you have Spotify go over there look up Winslow Hoffner's Incredible Encounters and check it out there's a neat little demo that you can play to hear a snippet of one of the conversations from uh, Winslow's adventure. Now, my friend, when you were done writing the book, it was published, and, and of course, it's a fantastic book. How long after its release did you, you know, I might have asked you that on the last episode. Of, I'm sorry, because I have a, the, it's starting to hit the age. <laughs> How soon afterwards did you start doing the audio book portion of that? Yeah, the audiobook, um, it didn't come about till a little bit later, maybe about a year later when I started the recording process. And then it took a little while for it to uh, actually get onto the platforms, but it came out uh, officially uh, just recently and then just this year for uh, Spotify. So uh, it took a little bit longer, but my friend and producer, Sam Yoder, was delving into these uh he was delving into a new form of uh what he was trying to accomplish with these um independent authors who want to record their own audiobooks and i was kind of like the pilot test for that new venture that he was delving into and so it all came together pretty magically it lined up pretty nicely and so i was gifted with this incredible access to very high quality audio equipment to record Winslow's adventure in my own voice. And so it's the highest quality uh, that I could hope for. And I'm really thrilled with how it turns out. It's a really fun way to experience the story. Now, a, a little different path from actually putting pen to paper and writing the stories and coming yeah. up with characters. How did you prepare for the audiobook? Only because I, I asked this because sometimes, depending on the person, it's a lot easier to, it's a lot easier to read in your mind and it is to speak the words out of the book, right. especially coming up with the characters and, and the emotions of the book. How did you mentally prepare for this? Yeah, it's a performance. Um, Winslow's voice has always kind of lived in my head since the inception of the story. The first line that ever came through in my imagination when uh, way back, way back in high school, when I first started writing, it was what turned out to be the first line of the book. 
which was, have you ever stared straight into the eyes of death and scoffed? And so that came through in my mind with the accent and everything, but I didn't know the context. I thought, Ooh, I'll jot that into a document, put that aside for later. And then eventually I had an assignment in uh, high school to write a short story. And I, I returned to that line and I thought, Ooh, okay, well, let's figure out who this guy is. I got the sense he was a fisherman because of uh, the sound of his voice. He had that salty sort of affectation. And then the question was, what are the eyes of death? And my foundational interest in cryptozoology is what sort of crept in and, and painted that scene. And I remembered the legend of Gambo, which was this uh, globster that washed ashore that people were, it was unidentified. People didn't know if it was the last of the Mosasaurs or some prehistoric dolphin. Um, but there was a lot of mystery to it and it was never solved. And so with that, I was able to interpret the creature in my own way. And I, uh, end up calling it this fire breathing fish. And so that's our introduction into the story. But with each of the characters doing an audiobook uh, presentation, I learned quite a lot from my producer. And as we were recording it, he was giving me great tips on performance. And, you know, I love reading uh, the story to audiences in a live setting. But then sitting there in a booth, it's it's a whole different, uh, whole different environment. And so when I got there, uh, he says, remember, you know, the audience may not be physically here, but they are going to be, you know, you're going to be right here in their ears. So read it as if there's, you know, a whole group who's really, really excited to hear the story in front of you. And so, and perform to them and lots of other great tips, like, uh, your, your listeners can hear a smile. So the way you hold your face is, is, is very important. And the way that you, you know, crinkle up your face and, and, and actually act out in the booth for the characters, uh, it changes the whole experience. And so uh, I was a one man show in there, you know, putting on, <laughs> putting yeah. on a whole uh, theatrical performance and it comes through and I'm, I'm thrilled with the result. And I'm so happy that it's finally available on Spotify and these other platforms. And so from top to bottom, how long did it take you from the first word to the last word to complete the audiobook uh, portion of this? Oh, we uh, we were quite efficient with the uh, actual recording part of it. I want to say it was it was somewhere somewhere within two weeks uh, or less. And then finally, putting it all together was uh, it, it came it came together pretty, pretty nicely. But it was uploading it. There was certain uh, requirements that the different platforms wanted. And, um, you know, you got to you had to make sure that you didn't ex uh, exceed above certain levels and stuff. Things I'm not super versed with, but um, that was something that that my producer uh, took care of. And 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 uh, he worked on those levels and stuff. And then there was just a period of time where there was some technical difficulties with the site itself and uh, glitches where they just weren't accepting uh, certain submissions uh, from independent authors, and uh, even though even though everything was correct, and eventually I got a letter, and this this is from uh, Audible that that said, "Oh, hey, everything's everything's okay now." Uh, it was a internal problem, and so so that actually was the biggest uh, setback and the biggest thing that uh, had to be overcome was just the waiting part of it, uh, the anticipation, and so I had to kind of hold back all of my all of my cool marketing and stuff that i was prepared to do there's an excellent speaking of which there's an excellent cinematic trailer that i would love uh your listeners to 
check out on my YouTube channel. Uh, if they navigate through my website, michaelthompsonbooks.com, you can see the trailer for the second book right at the top. But uh, if you go through to the YouTube channel as well, there's a really, really cool trailer. And you can hear that's another method of hearing a preview of some of the cool voices that will await you in the audiobook edition. You know, and I was just on your set right before you came on and I did see the trailer. Man, that's, that's pretty nice, man. Great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to ask this question only because it's I feel like it's uh, only natural for me to ask you this question. When you first released the first book and then you did the audio portion, you do a lot of traveling, man, because I see that you do mm -hmm. a lot of radio shows. You do a, a lot of podcasts, a lot of author events, conventions. And I'm thinking to myself, and aside from your, I guess, personal responsibilities you have outside of the whole thing as well, it was a good couple of years stretch before the first and the second book. When did, and I'm sure the idea was already in your mind, but how did you find the time to actually start working on that second book? Mm. Yeah, uh, I started working on it, especially uh, during the lockdowns. And that was only because originally my my plan for production was to return to the world of the orb series, which that was my, that was my first uh, novel. And I was going, I was writing, I was in the process of writing the sequel. Um, but when the lockdowns hit and all of my events got canceled, I thought, okay, I, I need to, I need to produce as much as I possibly can with the time that I have, because I, I no longer have um, a significant, you know, avenue to uh, go out and, connect with my readers and stuff for the time being. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work on the Winslow series instead because it's a faster, it's a faster process. It's a quicker book to write. It's a quicker book to listen to or read. Um, and I thought that I could put together a nice anchor series, uh, which was a term that essentially means, you know, this is, this is, I'm going to have one complete series on the table. And then, you know, just for the rest of the time, people can sort of connect to you. It's like, it's like a marketing thing. People can say, oh, yeah, that's the guy who wrote the Winslow Hoffner series and it, and it sticks in their mind. But it turned out to be a nice a nice effect because of the sudden popularity of cryptids. And uh, I thought, OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it uh, still and I'm going to um, continue on that path. And the nice thing about uh, the writing process for Winslow being faster is that I'm I'm now going to produce at least one book a year. That's kind of my ambition. Wow. Yeah. No, oh, excellent. Um, great for your readers and your fans. And it, it's funny you mentioned COVID back in 2020 where the whole world shut down. And same thing, I was putting on events for uh, sports entertainment back in the day. All our contracts were canceled. We couldn't do any mm -hmm. shows in any venue. I mean, you could even go to a playground. But, you know, that's a story for another day. That's how I got into the podcasting game because – there's so much going on in your mind, so much creativity that it's almost like my head's going to explode if I don't get these ideas out. I, I would assume it's the same thing with what you were going through. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, it, it kind of worked out for us, you know, but now here's where we come to the second part of the story. The question here is I don't like giving I don't like giving too much information about something that's new. I don't like ruining things, mm -hmm. but what kind of adventures does our hero find himself at this time? Yeah, so the second book, Winslow Hoffner's High Sailing Adventures, is one of the most unique books I've ever written. Um, certainly as a sequel, it's it's simultaneously a sequel and a prequel. There's a, a whole lot of the story is told in flashbacks, 
and we see Winslow as a young man, uh, Winslow and his wife, Anna, and Winslow on the adventures that he went on before uh, and leading up to the, uh, all of these encounters with these bees, how he got into uh, the encounters with cryptids and what sort of magical events led up to that. In addition, there's going to be some really cool Celtic myths, legends, and cryptids that uh, readers will get to enjoy from the grandfather of all cryptozoology, the Loch Ness Monster, to lesser-known creatures like the Sea Bishop and the uh, Welsh Afonk, which is that's a really cool creature right there that you can see on the cover of the book, uh, right in the background, roaring on the shore. Great artwork. Did you illustrate that one as well? Yeah, yeah. This is all my artwork here. You can check out the artwork on the top right under the uh, book trailer, the cinematic book trailer for Winslow 2. You can scroll and see the cool artwork, which has Winslow all tangled up uh, with the Loch Ness Monster and all these other cool lesser known beasts sort of surrounding him in a, in a spiral. No, it's interesting you bring up the lesser known. I was talking to somebody the other day about these. There's so many crypto stories out there that i guess they've gotten lost through time and and we started digging through them. these are a lot of great stories out there mm -hmm. yeah I, I love the obscure ones you know i i really i really do like with the afonk i this was this was a new one for me and and i and i i discovered it is it's very strange and it's most traditional depiction you'll see it as kind of a bear-sized creature aquatic and it has the body of a large beaver and the head of a crocodile and I thought this is wild and, and it has some connections to Arthurian legends as well. Um, but an interesting um, effect of writing the, the Winslow stories is figuring out how to make each of these creatures biologically believable. And so looking at that particular cryptid just in silhouette, I thought, hey, you know, this could be a, a extra large, maybe primordial monotreme like a like a precursor to the platypus and sure enough uh as my research into the topic got deeper i did find some people who shared that theory and there were actually teeth discovered of a super huge precursor to uh platypuses that have um not quite teeth as impressive as those arming the jaws of of the afonk in in winslow not quite these uh, not quite these epic, sharp alligator-like teeth, but they were teeth nonetheless. And I guess um, over the course of its evolution, it sort of smoothed out into just a bill that you see on the regular platypus. And I've also heard some, uh, some stories, some very recent stories of large platypus-like creatures that were seen out in the ocean. And so there's, uh, there's some interesting rumblings about um, this particular cryptid and, and perhaps its cousins. Uh, but yeah, that was a really fun one. So figuring out and sort of like solving those riddles in your head of what does this thing look like? How does it fit into the world? And how could it believably uh, be cohesive biologically it is a really fun puzzle. You know, it, it, when I listen to you talk, it's a lot of fun listening to what you have to say, because looking at the, at the cover of your book, I'm a big fan of, of Loch Ness and Nessie. It's one of those things where it, it hasn't gotten as much attention as it used to back when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. And they're kind of like the platypus you were talking about. There's been recent articles because I get a lot. I, I sign up for a lot of newsletters and I get these things. And there's mm -hmm. been some sightings of, of Nessie lately. Oh, um, yeah. Were you always interested in Loch Ness Monster? Or is that something you just did just for this book? 
I've always been interested in sea monsters in general. And so like ever since I was a little kid, I've been interested in Loch Ness monsters. One of those things that, uh, that you just always hear about. Um, I've always gravitated toward the super lesser known ones, the obscure ones, globsters, um, cause there's extra mystery to it. The more mystery, the more fascinated I am. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love all cryptids and, uh, and I love doing my own takes on the cryptids as well. So when you, when you read the books, you'll see there's kind of like a, a Winslowification <laughs> of, of each of the cryptids that I, I enjoy, I enjoy representing them in a cool way, but I also enjoy re representing them in a unique way. And that you do, my friend. And with, with all the locations you've been going to, where are you gonna where are you gonna be this year? Because I was just on, you know, and I'm gonna bring it up right now. Mm -hmm. MichaelThompsonBooks.com, MichaelThompsonBooks.com. And if you go to the, as I'm going through the internet here, you're just now getting started. So where are you gonna be this year? Yeah, so it's on the front page, uh, 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 the news section. You can scroll down below. Uh, all the new releases and and that'll be my my upcoming appearances list and i will be at my first event of the year will be right at the beginning of march at the loveland frogman festival it's my first time going there it's in their second year and i'm really excited that i was able to be a part of it i heard great things um after that i'll be down in north carolina for encounter quest for their second year i was at their first one and it was a fantastic show and I highly recommend it. It's very fun, very fun, great speakers and cool activities ahead of uh, ahead of the show as well. Uh, my friends from the Cryptids of the Corn are going to be the MCs of that particular show, and they're going to do a whole uh, Sasquatch footprint casting tutorial on the on the day before the show. So I'm excited to learn learn the ropes there. After that, we're in the same month. Uh, I will see you at the snarly owls halloween in april yes. very excited for that really been uh enjoying everything that the snarly owls been putting together yeah man, i love that guy he's put some some great events and absolutely i've met a lot of great people people such as yourself you know your merchandise i see in your table you have a a, a wide array of merchandise and i'm a big fan of your oh my god why am i forget what this is called what Collectible bookmarks. Collectible bookmarks. See, yeah. I told you earlier before we started. Limited having, edition, very exclusive. <laughs> I told you I was having a little a little memory gap, but yeah, <laughs> the beautiful art. So you had one Thank also you. for the new book. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, so for each of the books, I'm going to be releasing collectible bookmarks, and uh, so far each of them I've only done runs of 200 each. So this is an in-person exclusive item, and when they're gone, they're gone forever. So the first ones are uh were gambo and giganteus the kraken uh gambo being the fire breathing fish i mentioned earlier those were the uh two cryptids that i represented on the collectible bookmarks for that run and then for the second series in honor of the release of the second book we will have nessie the classic cryptid as well and we will have the morgar which is a lesser known one. So I kind of like to do a combination of, of, of a super recognizable one and then a super obscure one. Uh, Morgar is this uh, is a Cornish legend. And that was one that I did my own spin on. It's been classically associated with either being a plesiosaur or like a proper sea dragon and many, many other things. Um, 
but if you look it up it has uh, just a couple images of, of the creature and, and uh you'll see uh these photographs of this massive dark form and uh with the, with this with these great humps and and this swooping neck and i thought again just sort of the exercise of of imagining it in silhouette i thought that looks like a, a super massive slug and so the uh so then the question was okay you know i haven't done a sea slug yet yet let's do our winslow version of a sea slug version of the morgar and how do you make a slug scary well it's got these wreaths and wreaths of lamprey like teeth which are just fantastic and so um that image you'll see winslow doing his very best a young winslow hoffner doing his best to uh fend off a giant uh sea slug with all kinds of uh these fantastic teeth so that's a that's a that's a really cool one that's one of my favorite images in the book actually yeah it sounds pretty awesome and i'll say to the listeners of let's find out and future fans of you of course that these are individually numbered and they're also autographed by you the man yeah. himself yeah we got a gold autograph on the back and each of them are numbered so you know that they're legit and collectible and limited any so other like ones out there that. are forgeries so don't buy those <laughs> <laughs> Look for the lasso shaped T. That's me. <laughs> I'm going to ask this because you have a lot on your plate. You do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Dare I ask an audiobook version? Yes. Yes, there oh. will be. My producer is currently between studios, so there's a little bit of a wait, but um, we work efficiently together when, uh, when we have the space and when we have the time. And I'm definitely looking forward to bringing that to life in audiobook format. I, it's a really cool it's a really cool way to enjoy the story and definitely something that I've seen a lot of passion and popularity and and so as soon as I'm able there will be an audio book format for sure. Awesome my friend and for the listeners of Let's Find Out that may not be able to come see you in person and really want to take a crack at reading some of your books where can they find copies of your book where can they go shop for it online? Absolutely. You can go to michaelthompsonbooks.com and you can go to the book section of the website, scroll and find the book you're looking for. And uh, when you click available here, that'll bring a sort of a drop down uh, or a different window where you're, you'll see all the different platforms that the book is carried, both in ebook, audiobook, and paperback format. It'll also be uh, if you're looking for the paperback, you can drop by your favorite local bookshop and uh, request it. And Many, many of them will be able to order it through their distributor, and uh, you'll be supporting a small business at the same time, uh, two small businesses <laughs> at the same time, and uh, and that's a, that's a great way to do it as well. And, and also for the listeners and the fans that want to reach out to you, and, and when you reach out to the guests, my friends, don't do stuff like you do to me. Uh, don't get too crazy, but if they want to get a hold of you and find out about your socials, how can they get a hold of you? Do you have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and all that jazz? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Michael Thompson Books, uh, Instagram, M Thompson underscore books, and M Thompson Books on Twitter as well, and on YouTube. So you can see the whole uh, list on the bottom of most of the pages of the website or on the contact page of michaelthompsonbooks.com as well. You can click on your favorite platform and follow me there and let me know that Diego sent you. <laughs> let them know, Diego. I love it. Thank you for that. And uh, I will definitely see you on April 20th, Halloween in April. Yeah. Which is going to be in Barryville, Oh, man, that sounds, that's such a unique 
such a unique event. Yeah, Berryville, Virginia at Unique Creation Studio. There's going to be a haunted house and all kinds of spooky fun in the spring. So that's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. And if you don't mind, and, and I will throw somebody from your table, but save me a couple of those bookmarks. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm collecting them all. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Got to get you a full set. Our, absolutely, my friend. Hey, thank you so much for coming back to Let's Find Out with me, co-host Diego. And, you know, and I know if you're going to do a book a year, I'm going to have to keep coming, bringing you back. We're going to talk about all these books if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to. And I'm working. I'm already I'm nearly done with the manuscript of Winslow Hoffner three. Too soon to tell me what it could be the title. Hmm. I'm going to keep the title secret for now, but um, there will be a sea serpent in it. I'll say that that's a co-host Diego exclusive. And it will be the most epic sea serpent you have ever read in any book ever. <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard all year long so <laughs> far. Thank you, my friend, for uh, for the exclusive. Yes. This has been another excellent episode of Let's Find Out with me, co-host Diego. Please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, X Twitter, YouTube, and we're also on Rumble. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. The Snarly Yow, located at Needful Things Emporium in downtown Charlestown, West Virginia. T-shirts, artwork, cryptid books. The Snarly Yow has it. Snarly coffee, Snarly prints, Snarly beard care. The Snarly Yow has it. Cryptid spice rubs, cryptid soaps. Cryptid Candles. The Snarly Yow has it. The Snarly Yow is located at the Needful Things Emporium, 218 West Washington Street, Charlestown, West Virginia. For all your cryptid needs, remember, the Snarly Yow has it. Make sure to tell them co-host Diego sent ya. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.